The show's about to start. Are you ready? the show this is sports with strawberry ice i'm your host the Iceman, jeff trunapole and as always i'm bringing you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of cincinnati ohio home of hootie nation and the cincinnati Bengals. hey happy 513 day shout out to the greatest city in the world cincinnati ohio now do me a favor if you found the show Hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. I am up to 1,107 subscribers on YouTube. That is awesome. And as always, I appreciate everyone. So if you're watching on any of the Facebook groups, please make sure you go to YouTube. Hit that like and subscribe button. Make the word change colors, and then you're subscribed. I would appreciate it. Now this show, and every show is brought to you by T-Properties. T-Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out their website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. All right, guys. The Reds are back at it again tonight. Hopefully, we will get two in a row, and hopefully, they will get at least one game above 500. That would be nice. Um, look at that. Taking on the Rockies tonight at 840. Luis Castillo, who is one and four, with a 6.42 ERA, the mound. Hopefully, we'll get the old Luis back because he's uh he's pitching and we need him to get back. Gina looks like he might be coming around. Garrett might be coming around. Now we need to get Castillo to come back around. Now the Reds are currently in third place in the NL Central. They're only three and a half games out. So it's going to be a fun, fun race to the end to see what happens. So now I'm bringing my boy, Jeremy D. What's going on, brother? Hey, not too much, man. Um, heard you talking about the Reds for a quick second here. People yes, kind of going crazy, you know, three and a half games out, man. I mean, uh, that's not that many games out uh, when 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 you play 160. Uh, uh, why is it blowing out? 165, 162. 
I'll whatever. Two games. Yeah, there you go. Um, wouldn't freak out. And I'm going to make a guarantee right now. Castillo breaks out of the slump. I'm not going to say no hitter, but he Ooh. is going to get a win tonight. There you go. Guaranteed. Guarantee. Guarantee. That's all I'm saying. Y'all come at me tomorrow. Hate on me all you want. Hey, I, I like that 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 bold prediction. I think that's a, that's a that's a good bold prediction. People have been uh blowing me up all day on my bold prediction for the uh the schedule release. And we do have a special guest say Lindsay Patterson, and uh she's not in the waiting room yet, so we just have to kind of wait and see when she shows up. But she said she was coming on and we would discuss the schedule of what the Bengals may or may not do that this year or next year. So I'll just throw it out there. Oh, what mine is that everybody has been, ah, uh, I got some likes, some haters, but I got us going 11 and six. Now I know that's a lot, mm-hmm. but the way I'm basing it on is if we have a healthy Joe Burrow and by all accounts right now, it seems like we're going to have a healthy Joe Burrow. We had the best quarterback in almost every game. The Vikings Burrow is better. The bears Burrow is better. Steelers Burrow is better. Jacksonville Burrow is better. Green Bay, no, that's a loss. Detroit, he's better. Ravens, he's better. Jets, he's better. Browns, I mean, on and on and on and on. I mean, the uh, only reason I did pick the, the 49ers is because I, I don't think we're going to win every freaking game. And everybody's like, whoa, you beat it, picked us beating the Chiefs? Yeah, that might be a, a big swing. But if you guys remember back in 2003, they were coming in. They were the hottest team in the NFL. Marvin Lewis was a rookie uh, NFL coach. And some guy named P-Dub ran a uh, kick return or punt return back for a touchdown. And we ended up beating them. So crazier things have happened. But without further ado, she has made her way into the waiting room. So let's get to it. Let's welcome Lindsay Patterson. Hey, Lindsay, how you doing? Welcome. Hey, how are you? Good, good, good. I was just uh, putting up my uh, my bold prediction for the, uh, the Bengals. I've been getting blown up on Twitter about all day today. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if you have a bold prediction right now, watch out. And I know a lot of people really in my mentions have been pretty optimistic about the schedule and, and what the Bengals are going to do. But I, I can't make that prediction just yet. <laughs> well, I, like I said, I, I kind of got the orange uh, colored glasses on right now. But I, I'll, just, I'll just bring it up here again. And I, it's just, to me, I, in my eyes, if Joe Burrow is is healthy, like we all think he is going to be, and the Bengals stay relatively healthy, we got the best quarterback in almost every single game. So to me, right, like I said, it's May. And so what, what does this mean in May? Absolutely nothing. You know, things could change. But, you know, yeah, I mean, the, the one that I'm the least confident about is Kansas City. But that is here. And we did beat them. This is forever ago. But Marvin Lewis's rookie year when they were the hottest team in the NFL. And we came in and, and whooped them in the in the jungle. So it's happened before. Like I said, 11 to 6. That, like I said, that's, that's a lot. I'm probably, probably not going to be that many. But. I really do think nine, 10 wins for sure is, is a good uh, jumping off point. I think there are a lot of games that you can look at with the Cincinnati Bengals schedule in 2021. Obviously, everybody wants to look at the division. And if you were to talk about the AFC North right now, a lot of people feel like the Cleveland Browns won the offseason. Obviously, they had a great season last year. 
I'm still not sold on Baker Mayfield. I don't see him again this year. And and look, you could have all the pieces in the world offensively and defensively, and they do, and they have done a great job of building on that. Finally, with all of their draft picks, credit to them. But I'm still not sold on Baker Mayfield, and I think that a lot of the defensive coordinators were able to watch what he did last year. And honestly, the two games against the Bengals, obviously that first one Thursday night football, they deserved to win that game. But the right. other one, that was crazy. Yes, that was it was. Crazy, crazy matchup with, with Cleveland and Cincinnati. But I think just the AFC North alone, and I was going to put this out there today, but I'm going to wait on it. I, I might just throw it on one of our podcasts or something like that. But I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are the worst team in the division right now. Thank you. I, I do too. They, they and and what killed me? We'll, we'll go to the draft here. They how, they got praised for taking a running back. Their offensive mm-hmm. line sucks. There's yeah. worse than ours. And people are ripping us for taking Chase. I'm like, they did the same thing. <laughs> you know. Very true. Yeah, and that, well, that was my take on it. Um, a lot of people were like, "Oh, they 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 went running back," and a lot of teams in the first round. Obviously, everybody wants to point to Cincinnati. You got to add the offense, offensive line. You got to add to the offensive line. But a lot of teams had a far worse offensive line that didn't end up getting the guy because a lot of people believed in the depth in this class. And I honestly, I don't know what what team you guys were on, but I said that they should have got. The, I was all Jamar Chase. I thought Jamar Chase made sense. Yep. It was a win win situation for them if they would have gotten Penny Sewell. But I think Jamar Chase is is what you need. And when you think about this team next year or this coming season. Yes, adding a guy like Penesol is great for your offensive line. But at the end of the day, this team wants to be flashy. They want to sell tickets. They want Zach Taylor wants to keep his job. Right. And the better chance of doing that is a playmaker like Jamar Chase on offense. And and jo- Joe Burrow has shown he just needs an above average offensive line. I know a lot of people want to point at the injury and, and see what happened. Yeah. We don't need to go back to that. Right. But at the end of the day, you upgrade your guard play, and they're not done. I think that they'll add a few more bodies in camp, and, and the best guys will be starting at guard. I, I think at the end of the day, you get a guy like Frank Pollock, who is finally in there coaching these guys um, things that they should have learned two years ago, and he's going to put the best guys out there. It doesn't matter what they did previously, and you're going to be able to see that during camp. But um, at the end of the day, man, I'm rambling. But at no, the end of the good. day, you go back you go back to the AFC North, and I, I honestly I have the Steelers at the bottom right now. No, I, I agree with you. And the thing with with, with getting Chase, when, and this is kind of the phrase that I use on my show here, I say with Chase and Higgins and Boyd, oh my – they're, they're going to be really tough to cover. You know, I mean, that, that, and to me, that's more of an impact on winning games than drafting Sewell because, in my mind, you can get, like I said, Carmen Jackson, I think he's going to be fine at guard. And you, and you got Riley Reef at the other tackle. I think we're good. And the, uh, if you look at the opening day, p- potential opening day offensive line this year compared to last year, it's not even close. This year is a complete upgrade, plus Frank Pollock. I mean, I, Turner, I wanted him gone before last year. I I never thought he was a good offensive line coach, to be honest. Uh, so I, I was extremely happy that we got Frank Turner back. Go ahead, go ahead, Jeremy. We've been rambling. I'll, I'll let you talk. I know. Oh, I'm talking. No, you, actually, uh, I'm a little bit blown away. It's awesome, uh, actually. But, you know, uh, I guess my question to you would go back um, to the draft. We've talked about – Jamar Chase, you were on the Chase train. So are we. Um, we were Team Chase all the way. Oh, by the way, uh, Zim told me to tell you what's up. I forgot to what's make up, sure. Got <laughs> make sure I say that. But go ahead, Jeremy. Sorry. No, you're good. You're good. Um, you know, 
mainly just kind of wondering how you feel about the rest of the draft, um, what we've done, because since we turned our defense completely around for the second time, um, I would just like to know if you feel like we've done enough for the offensive line, defensive line, and even adding a running back, Chris Evans, at the end, which which is getting killed for some reason by Bengal fans. I don't understand. I don't like the team up north. I'm a Buckeye. But just to see what you uh, feel about the draft in, in general. Oh, yeah, and we, and we added this guy. This is, a, this is our nickname to him, Big yeah. Daddy Bayou. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, just feels, it feels like he's going to pick Joe Burrow up at some point after one of the games in my PSA I know. Right. in 2021 that he'll he'll relive that. I, I see that happening. But honestly, when I look at the the NFL draft from this past year with the Cincinnati Bengals, and you you look at a team in the last couple of years who you needed pieces, you needed depth pieces. What happened last year when they were going through guys off the bench, some guys they were signing late off the street for their defensive lined up, they needed right. to add to that. And look, there are a lot of developmental pieces that we'll continue to see over the next couple of years. I know a lot of people will look at an NFL draft and say, you really can't grade it for like two or three years after it's over. And you'll right. be able to do that. I mean, the cam sample, um, Joseph aside, those guys who have the comparison of a, of a Carl Lawson and what they're going to be able to do. I think overall, you you look at what the Bengals were able to do, and they just added positions that they needed depth in. They needed starters and guys who could eventually change. I mean, you look at the offensive line pieces they got, and those guys could be starting at guard or starting at tackle in a couple of years. All of that's to be determined. But I think at the end of the day, this is not a favorite one, and I, and I was all about it. I like adding the kicker. I mean, they get one of the best in the draft. And, and you look at a lot of games last year. Mm -hmm. How many games were determined by just a couple points? Or well, the first one for sure. <laughs> if you can get a guy who's consistent, you're going into halftime, and you have a chance to put three points on the board, yeah, yes. you, you got your guy. And they were able to do that, of course, because they had the three picks in the fourth round. So I think a lot of people have to think of it like that. They didn't really get the guy in the fifth round because they were able to add up, double up in, in the fourth round. So getting him there, you kind of always have to get a kicker. And this is what Darren Simmons told us after the pick, before he's really supposed to come off the board. So they got right. him the, maybe a sixth-round well, guy. Well, and they were able to, like said, they, they were able to do that because of the trading back and the extra picks. Oh. They're able to, to take him maybe right. around sooner. But uh, Duke Tobin, I think, said this on uh, Dave Lapham's podcast. Kickers, that position is a lot, a lot like quarterbacks. Yeah. You only need one, really, you know, as long as they stay healthy. And if that's the guy that you want and it's, you know, you've gotten everything else, it, time to go get him. So I, I agree with that. And I was ecstatic when they got him because the kid kicked a 55-yard field goal in college. And, I mean, he kicked the the lid off a water bottle, if you saw that, that yep. TikTok or whatever. So I, I'm very impressed with him. I was hoping they would get him. And, and as far as, like, we're talking about the, the Browns game. When we have uh, Big Daddy Bayou and we have DJ Reader in there now, we have uh, Oban Joby and, and Mike Daniels, all these guys, if they're healthy, and I, I keep saying that because they weren't healthy last year, I don't think the Browns are going to be able to run on us as much as they were, and we're going to force Baker Mayfield to be. That's why I think we can Brown up, because I want to get to where you were talking about Baker Mayfield and the Browns. I'm not sold that Baker Mayfield is a be-all, end-all quarterback. Joe Burrow, Joe freaking Burrow is. You know That's why I have it at 11-6. and six. I just think we got the best quarterback in over 90% of our games. So I really like the draft. I like what they did. 
like I said, I got the orange colored sunglasses going on. So I, I might change my mind by the time I get to September. But I, I think it was a really good draft. And like, like you said, it's hard to, to grade it. But if you look at what they got, the talent that the guys they had and the games that these they played, I, I'm, I'm all for it. I think it's going to be a really good year this year. They can field a team, and that's what's really important because you do look at last year, and, and anybody could point to injuries in the NFL and say, well, this team was battling this, or this guy, these people were out without their quarterback. Obviously, you look at last season, if they get Joe Burrow for a full season, they would have probably hit about seven or eight wins, and that's where I had them with Joe Burrow for a full season, getting him, and this guy is just a different, different mm-hmm. cat. Yes. Um We've only, honestly, we've obviously watched him practice at training camp, but we've only interacted via Zoom with him since the night he was drafted. And I will right. tell you, his football IQ, obviously everybody wants to talk about mentally, physically coming back from an injury like the one he's coming back from. He's just different. He's a competitor. And when he's in the room, even Zach Taylor had said it recently, and he was on with, with, with Dave Lapham on his podcast, and he's just like, there's no one you can compare him to. He's just different. He's a different kind of guy, and this guy is – going to want to win a lot of football games, obviously, as a starting quarterback. I think that he's just just his mindset, leadership. I mean, hearing from some of the vets last year of when he was in the room, they're like, this guy doesn't feel like a rookie. And he obviously didn't play like one either. And Joe Burrow will, will never play in a preseason game ever again. No, I, I, yeah, especially when there's only three of them. I, I, to be honest, what last year, and again, Dave Lapham, but he was on our show Friday, said this. He said what last year proved is, you don't, they don't need to do as much in the preseason and everything as they thought they did. And, you know, the injuries weren't, I mean, the Bengals had a lot, but it had it apparently had nothing to do with the, the lack of playing, you know, or practicing or anything like that because it was pretty much average across the board, the NFL. So the, the preseason games in general, me and my wife were talking about this. You might see the stars maybe in game one and maybe game three, or, you know, there's going to be one game that there's, there's no starters at all. And if it is a, maybe the first quarter, if that, but Joe Burrow, I don't think Joe, excuse me, I call him Joe freaking Burrow. Joe freaking Burrow, I don't think he's going to be in the preseason at all, especially this year. I think his first game is going to be against the Minnesota Vikings for sure. Go ahead, Jerry or Lindsey. Uh, you know, I don't know exactly, you know, how you feel, Lindsey, but I'm kind of a Jeff knows we've went over it back and forth for uh, <laughs> many months, but. You know, when what happened to Burrow happens. And oh, my God. You're going to speak into existence again, aren't I'm you? Not, I'm not. I'm just saying. <sighs> it, the only thing that I get just a little bit worried about, and I tell all of our guests this and see how they feel, you know, um, it's tough to not play football for a year and a half. You know, you're constantly rehabbing. You're constantly. Um, and then, okay, well. Preseason's over. The first game's in two weeks. Get ready. You're playing, big boy. You know, that's that's the only thing that kind of worries me a little bit. And then other than that, uh, I'll leave it there because I do want to ask you a question later on down the road. Yeah, I think that obviously you look at any player when they come back from a major injury and your mindset is, I mean, for example, obviously this is a different position. He was a tight end, but I always thought that with Tyler Eifert, every time he came back on the field, a lot of people are like, oh no, he's going to he's right. gonna break. Something's going to happen. And I think you think that with any major injury, I mean, people will think that with Dak Prescott when he gets back on the field again. And it's just, that's how I think maybe fans feel and maybe coaches too. 
Um, but, but I think that Joe's mindset when he goes on the field is like, let's play this football game. Mm -hmm. I mean, Joe was telling us back in training camp last year when this was, when he was not going to, it was going to be his first NFL regular season game, his first NFL game ever. And they were having training camp and he asked Zach Taylor if he could take some hits. He would like to get hit by his teammates (laughs) because he wanted to get used to what that was going to feel like in the NFL. And Zach Taylor was like, no, that will never happen. We will never do that in in training camp. And I think he's just like, like I said, it's so cliche when I say it, but he's just really different. He, right. He's a different guy mentally and physically that I think his mindset is, look, they're not going to put him out there unless he's ready. Right. I know Joe could tell his staff, hey, I'm good to go. I can run. I can do this. And I know a lot of people want to point at the Bengals coaches and, and the guys, the trainers getting him ready. They've it's like a comparison with, with just past injuries with players. They've done a great job with guys who they're coming off ACL injuries. You can even look at Gio Bernard a couple years back, the way they were able to rehab him, get him back on the field for the next season. Obviously they're different positions. I just think they're going to put him out there when he's ready at the moment, knock on wood, if, if this is how everyone feels, right. but does feel ahead of schedule um, and everything seems to be going well. He's throwing. Uh, we, we don't know how much we'll see of him, if at all, when it comes to OTAs in a couple weeks. That's, um, you know, obviously volunteer, voluntary workouts, but he'll, he will be there. I yeah. know he said that even if he has to be on the sideline watching his guys oh, run around. He's going to be there. Yeah. Seeing it, he will be there. Um, but at the end of the day, this guy just, he's going to take the field and, and he's going to want to go out there and, 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 and win the opener. Like I have yeah. no doubt that it's just, I think it's easy for everybody to watch and be like, ah, I remember what happened in Washington and how, how is he going to, yeah. how is he going to do when he's back on the field again? But he's always just a competitor, just a different kind of, different kind of dude. Well, that, that's the thing I, I love about him. He's he's all football. And we were kind of talking about this yesterday. I, I had some Bengals super fans on, and they are talking about how, how Lawrence has come out and said that his life isn't football. There's other things to football, other things than football. That's not the way it is with Joe freaking Burrow. That's not the way it is with the GOAT, Tom Brady. You know, and if if, if that's what Tom Brady, the work ethic Tom Brady has, and I think that's the work ethic that Joe freaking Burrow has, I think we got a winner, and that's the kind of guy that you're going to run through a wall for. And he's doing everything he can to get back. I mean, he went on vacation with his parents, and he still did his rehabs, even though after his parents were asking him not to, and he still did them. So I really do think he's going to be ready game one. The the surprising part to me to the schedule. Now, this might be a the NFL saying something to Joe, Joe freaking Burrow. They only got one primetime game. It's Thursday night, which I kind of figured, you know, the number one, the past two number one overall picks, I figured it'd be a, a primetime game. I figured Thursday night, that would be a good time. But to me, it kind of says, tells Joe saying, hey, you want to be in primetime? You need to win more. And to me, I think that's something that Joe can use for another chip on his, on his shoulder going, okay, all right, I'll show you. So I got a feeling some of these games are going to get flexed to Sunday night. I, I think they can flex the Monday night as well this year. Is, is that true? Yeah, that's true. And um, I, I put the full schedule out and there is an asterisk by it in, in early October when they can start flexing those games. And I think that's what they're doing. I think at the end of the day, they they made that Thursday night football game week four because they the NFL wanted to make sure Joe Burrow would be back. And they felt, well, that's pretty much a really good safe bet time frame that he would be back, even though he's he's wanting to be out there week one. So I think overall, when it when it comes to these primetime games and, and maybe the players don't think about it as much as everyone else does. 
does. But but if but if they're looking good and they, they have plenty of really good matchup, you look at Kansas City, another game against the Browns, um, you get another AFC North game in there, and that would be in that flexibility window that the NFL could end up flexing to prime time. And that and that could happen. I, I think at the end of the day, and and if it's kind of like the what happened last year, I'm sure you guys probably watched the NFL mic'd up with, with Joe Burrow yeah. and the Philly game. Yes. When he, way too many hits no quarterback mm-hmm. should ever take that many hits and, and joe would get right back up and you know he's talking to the refs and, and saying hey i'm not going to get those calls until i'm i'm the greatest of all time and, yep. and when i that's when i'll get them so i think he kind of knows just hey it's my second year in the nfl i'm coming back off this injury and at the end of the day he just wants to win football games yeah and, and that, that's the part where i i i go back to the schedule that's where i just keep if he's healthy and nine over 90 percent of these games we're playing we got the better quarterback and how many times – and I'm not trying to throw Andy Dalton under the bus because I actually liked Andy Dalton. He, he was what he was. But how many times did it come down to quarterback play in the games of Andy Dalton? If Joe Burrow was on those teams, we would have won a playoff playoff game at, at least. So that's where I'm, I'm saying – that's why I'm so optimistic about 11-6. and six. Yeah. Go ahead, Jeremy. <clears throat> on my bad, you were, it, you were good. Anyway um, – yeah, about that with Dalton and, and Bur- the whole deal. Like you were saying, um, Lindsay, you, you've got a lot of Bengal knowledge, by the way. Just want to tell you that. It, it's pretty impressive. Um, the other She's from part, Cincinnati, Jeremy. I mean, uh, hello. But to be <laughs> a Bengal fan, I mean, I've got like little hearts going out right now, like shooting out my window. Like, man, I, I'm I'm kidding. Um, but you know what? What my question um, to you is really: How did you become um, Lindsey Patterson? I mean, I don't want to get into your personal life or nothing like that. But I'd like to. I I think in our uh, our viewers would love to hear about how it came to be that you're in with the Bengals. I mean, look at us guys. We're just a bunch of fans. I mean, you know, and you're in with the Bengals. You you, you, you got the inside info. You got just about, I mean, it, it's impressive. And for everybody out there, even the, the ladies that are watching, I, I it's awesome. There's not that many and, ladies watching. <laughs> we have a few. Mostly guys. We have a few. Was, how do you get started in the business? Basically, what Jerry? I'll, I'll try to sum it up here for you, Jeremy. Yes. Yeah, so, how yeah, how do you get started? How, how, what? Well, I will say this. I think it's really cool, and, and I've said this plenty of times on social media. I think it's really cool what the Bengals fan base is doing. I think you can look at a lot of different people, and they've started YouTube YouTube channels, video channels, podcasts, um, their own interviews, and have done a really great job with that. And I think that's really awesome, and, and you know, you guys included in that. Um, for me personally, I grew up, my dad had season tickets to the Cincinnati Bengals, and he still does. Um, my family had them since before I was born. So I thought, oh, the Cincinnati Bengals, they're the only team in, in football. I had no clue, you know, just growing up thinking, oh, this is the team we're supposed to like and watch. And and I would go to games with him. Um, I had two older brothers, too. My dad was a football coach. My brothers played. And there was, a, it was a 2000, yeah, 2000. And he said, um, hey going to the Bengals game this day uh, in October. Do you want to go? My brothers didn't want to go because Cincinnati was really bad. 
And I was like, sure, I'll go. You know, I, I was just kind of learning football. I was so young at the time. And I went with my dad and I had the best time ever. It was because Corey Dillon broke the yards rushing record yeah. against the Denver Broncos. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is so cool, dad. Like, why don't I come, you know, more often? So from then on out, I would go to a game with him every year, if not more. And I just thought, like, this is so much fun. I want to do this for the rest of my life. And um, Sam Ryan, Bonnie Bernstein, those were the sideline reporters at the time right. when I was a kid growing up. And, right. of course, there's Aaron Andrews. But those were the two that I looked at, and they were on CBS. And I thought, well, I just want to talk football. Like, I think it's so much fun. And I think it's never been, like, um, you know, females – can't do it because they've never played the game. Susie Kobler said it best. You don't have to get hit by a semi to know it hurts. <laughs> exactly. Um, hey, Amen. There are plenty of um, really awesome females in this business, but there's also great guys um, who I've learned from and talked to them um, to give them credit. Obviously you guys follow Paul Daner. Oh, yeah. um, Paul Daner was someone from back in the, uh, 2013, 2014, who I was on the Beyond the Stripe show we created over at the Cincinnati Enquirer where we'd have a player on every week and, and getting to talk to them. And, and Paul was the host of the show and just getting to be a part of that with him. Um, all of the guys who cover the team are absolutely awesome and, and girls who cover the Bengals. And they've all been really supportive along the way, too. Uh, but at the same time, it was just a girl who who grew up in a really sports loving family, and I knew I wanted to work in it. I took a bunch of jobs along the way. I worked in for ESPN 1530 for a really really long time. That, that's where I remember. That's where I first heard you from. Was on there, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and, and that job, um, you know, obviously wasn't the greatest paying job, but it was a lot of fun because I met a lot of people and gained relationships and took other positions. But um, one thing in the broadcasting world is you never have one job. You always right. have more than that. And um, that's just that's just what I did. I just worked a lot and met a lot of really cool people and just talked football. And that was always really fun and um, definitely credit to just my first job and internship over at um, ESPN 1530. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, bro, you were That's you were the impressive. producer for uh, for Mo, for Mo's show, I think. <laughs> so, I, I don't know if you, you've heard about, you know, they have the, the ring of honor and, and, you know, I know, you know, that Ken Riley and Ken Anderson should be in the hall of fame. Now, I hope you know about this, but Bagel Jim is putting this out there. He's set up the jungle to the hall promotion that uh, I invite every Bengal fan who's watching, if you haven't registered, please register. We are trying to get as many Bengal fans to this thing as we can to get our voices heard, saying that Ken Riley, who's still fifth, I'm going to say this every time, fifth in the NFL in all-time interceptions list, and Ken Anderson, who is an NFL MVP and won the Freezer Bowl, should be in the Hall of Fame. And I know Jim's got you know some different media guys. I don't know if you're one of them, but he says he's reached out to multiple media uh people to cover this i'm planning on going up i'm actually that's right on my vacation supposed to be so my wife and daughter and kids are all leaving and then i'm driving all the way up there and then coming back down i can't stand for any of the fun of the the restaurant or the hall of fame tour or any of that crap i gotta i gotta get back home and, and go on vacation with my family but if i can do that i think Bengals fans should be able to do that now, are you gonna be there Lindsay, covering it or or I don't think I'm going to be there covering it, but I do think it's awesome. And I'm really, really excited about it. I actually told him, uh, Jim that I want to have him on over on our podcast and we'll talk about it. But I think it's incredible. It's unfortunate that Ken Riley um, didn't get to see himself get into the Hall of Fame. Yes. He, he's well-deserved and, and should have been in there a long time ago. Look, I know a lot of people will point 
to saying the Bengals should recognize their guys before, you know, the Pro Football Hall of Fame well, and, and the Bengals finally doing that. And, and it's always better late than never. And they're doing that. But at the same time, it was just such a missed opportunity. And they should have the Bengals should have more than one guy in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You look at obviously Anthony Moon, who's an amazing guy, Hall of Famer on and off the field. But there are multiple players um, that could be in. And there's an argument for for plenty of guys on their on their 17 list. I think this one's easy when you think about this class, Ken Riley, Kenny Anderson. But I think the next class is when the conversation gets yes. to be like, hmm, who's yeah. next? Well, um, well, for, for for me, as far as the Bengals goes, uh, I think it's got after Ken, the Kens, it's got to be Willie Anderson. Yeah, I mean, I, he because because we're talking Ring of Honor here. We're using to me, you, we should be using this for guys that we think should be in the Hall of Fame, and we mm-hmm. are think Ken Anderson, Ken, Ken Riley should be in there. To me, Willie Anderson's the next one. He should be in there. And then if they're doing two or they're doing four, it's going to be, you know, I, that's where that's where the fun comes in. Because we got, to, we used to debate this, like, we're dying to debate, just get upset because we didn't have a ring of honor. And now we do. And now we get to have the fun of debating who's next, you know? So once we get past, I think the first three, Ken Anderson, Ken Riley, and Willie Anderson, then I think it's up for grabs. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun trying to figure out who who's going to be the next one to go up in that group. Yeah, I think there's an argument for a lot of players that I think their list is fantastic with oh, what yeah. the Bengals did put out. Uh, Willie Anderson's an easy one. He should be in the Hall of Fame too already. Mm-hmm. It's just it's crazy when you think about it, and, and, and it's just nice that the Bengals are doing this. And credit to Elizabeth Blackburn, someone yes. who yes. has come in over the last year or so and and really made this happen. And I think that's incredible because I know a lot of people, they look at the Blackburn and Brown family and they say, oh, this this family doesn't want to win. And I will tell you right now, like, and look, this isn't a popular opinion. Nobody wants to win more than Mike Brown does. And that's not popular. And I might get hammered for it. But like, and I I don't say it often because I just know the backlash that I get for it. But he wants to win. He, it's not. It's not a. It's not the money thing. He wa- he wants to win football games, and I think Elizabeth Blackburn is being that voice. And I've always said it um, w- with her mom, Katie Blackburn. She's someone who I admire in this business. And talking to other females who work in front offices, Amy Trask, for example, who has said that that she doesn't get. En- Katie Blackburn doesn't get enough credit what she does behind the scenes, and Katie doesn't want it. She doesn't right. want to be in the spotlight or anything like that. So I think what the family is finally doing and, and noticing, you know, who they have on their team, some of the past legends should be Hall of Famers, that that's not right, that they're not in the Hall of Fame and, and they're right. going to do something about it. And I think you're seeing a lot of changes and, and they're just trying to get that connection with their fans finally. And it look, it might be it might be late. But it's better. It's better late than never. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and Elizabeth Blackburn too. You got to give her give her a lot of credit because she's in charge of the social media, and and she was in charge of the new stripes and how they they launched it and everything. And and that's one thing I keep telling people too that the narrative that that this this is a terrible run organization. They never change. and never do anything different. All you got to do is look at the last two years. Mm-hmm. The last two years have been completely different than any time. I'm I'm 46 years old. Last two years have been completely different than any time in my entire life of being a Bengals fan. From the guys that they're signing to the, the social media that they're doing, you know, to just trying to change the narrative. Like I said, we're finally getting a ring of honor. I mean, I never thought we'd do that. I, I never thought we'd ever get anything like that. But it's it's that's that's what I'm trying to always get out there with, with my show here, that the narrative of the Bengals is changing. And it's not the same old Bengals. And Mike Brown's never going to spend any money. And the Bengals are going to stink forever. And like, no, that's that. It's changing, and this year I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch them win. I, I think it's we got a chance to be like 
Uh, it didn't end as good as we wanted to. But the 05 team, Marvin Lewis' second year, when we took off, we basically killed everybody. And if Carson Palmer doesn't go down with an injury, we're beating the Squealers then. I think that's what this year has a chance to be with just the way it's lining up with the players they got. They're all young. They're all winners. A lot of them are captains. A lot of these guys played in that cha- that national championship game with Clemson versus LSU. So we got winners. We got guys who know how to win. Yeah, it's in college, but still, it's still a highly you know ranked thing to, to win in college. I think they're bringing that winning attitude. I think it's really going to change this year, and I'm excited. I can't wait. It's going to be a ton of fun. I think there's one thing that a lot of people over the next couple of years, when you think about Joe Burrow and this team that they're putting together, they do have to take advantage of his rookie contract right now. And I think they are doing that over the last few years. They're obviously spending a lot of money because the TV deal is going to be insane and they're going to owe Joe Burrow a lot of money if he wants to sign that second contract. But at the same time, there's a lot of conversation with this team going into 2021. And I'm still to be determined on, on my final prediction. It's probably going to take until August or, or after tra- uh, training camp wraps up but at some point you have to the Bengals have to be in the conversation of it's not the following year it's going to be that season right so there's a lot of all 2022s when they're going to finally be in the playoff contention that's it's like at some point that has to stop because you're running out of Joe Burrow's rookie contract and you got to finally be in the conversation and I think right now obviously you can bounce it off of last season I don't like resumes and what people once did in Pro Bowls. I mean, even even in the wide receiver room, I, I said that the Bengals would Jamar Chase have the best wide receiver room in the AFC North, and a lot of people they, want to throw. They do. <laughs> but what about the Browns? They have Odell. I'm like Odell is a is it once was Odell. I haven't yeah. seen that Odell in a long time. And there's only like two of them. We got three. Yeah, I haven't seen him. And and I think that you can say that about this team. Like, it, it's fine to look at past comparisons and to say that Mike Tomlin has never had a below 500 team or anything like that. Well, they looked brutal last year. And, yeah, they started out the season great, but they still didn't look that great. Obviously, you can look at the Monday Night Football game, too, at the same time. But I, I think it, this is the time that Cincinnati, if they can get an early run, obviously the back half of the schedule gets a little bit rocky and you have yeah. some intense schedule. Mm-hmm. But you, you – you you got to win at some point, right? You got to yeah, stop I mean, pushing it off yep. to the next year or the following year because soon you're you have to pay a lot of guys top dollar, <laughs> right? And not and, well, yeah, and, and that brings you to the, the we got th- a three year window here, I think. Like you said, for, with with uh, with with Joe, I'll even say I'll even say it, Jackpot Joe, the guy on, on the chat keeps call, calling him that. So Jackpot Joe, we'll say that. Um, but we got three year window, and all these guys are signed, so they're all signed, they're all young. So you got three years. To win it, I, I'm I'm like no, we don't need to wait till next year. We need to do it now because look, the Squealers, they're not they're going down. They're going downhill. Their offensive line is terrible. They drafted a running running back, great. You have no offensive line. The Browns, again, they're talented, but our quarterback is better than theirs. And if we could stop the run with everybody that we drafted and everything, we got a chance to, to beat them. Same thing with the Ravens. They're a running team. If you can hold Jamar in there or and and make him throw it. They got a chance to beat us. I actually have us losing twice to the Ratbirds, but that's what I'm saying. We the time to win is now, not next year, not the year after. It's now. We got to get it done. 2021, not 2022. The only thing that I'm worried about is our defensive coordinator, Lou. I call him Lou Armadillo, and I refuse to say his name right until we actually start playing better defense because his schemes and stuff I don't particularly like. But the depth and the talent that we have with this draft and the people we we've signed. I think it's the most talented team that he's had to coach, the mo- the deepest team, and it's his guys. 
So there's no more Marvin guys. Just, you know, all of them are gone. So I think it's put up or shut up time for these guys as well. I think it is. I mean, they've shown Lou, they've spent a lot of money in free agency on the defensive side two years in a row, and they still get heavy in, in the NFL draft too and back-to-back years uh, on day two and three. And you look at, at the end of the day, at some point, his defense has to step up. There are a lot of things from last season going into halftime that their defense couldn't stop anybody. And it would hurt the Bengals eventually coming out in the second half because the team would score. And I think, I think you look at the Bengals secondary from last season, you look at William Jackson, the third, obviously Jesse Bates, one of the best safeties in the NFL. They were playing great. Mm -hmm. They couldn't get to the quarterback, put pressure on it. Imagine if defense could actually put pressure on the quarterback, what your secondary is going to be able to do. They're going to have exactly. some time back there. And and that's just one thing that the Bengals have struggled with and them just going really heavy on the defensive line. And look, there's still, like I said, mentioned before, there's some developmental pieces out there. And some of these rookies might have to step up on day one, but getting to rotate guys in and out is going to be so helpful. And it also allows your secondary and Jesse Bates and obviously adding more corners to the room to, to get a break at some point because right. at, at times last season, mm-hmm. they weren't getting to the quarterback at all. And those guys – those guys had to be all defense. And at a certain point, you got to be able to, to stop, to stop them and get to the quarterback. And, they just well, and the thing is we, they have a rotation this year with, with the, the defensive guys. That's what we haven't had. Osai, we got, I think in the third round, if, I, if I'm, I'm correct on that, he was great as a second round guy uh, sample. He could play inside and outside. So we got mm-hmm. a lot of guys with a lot of versatility. So we actually had Lou actually has a rotation that you know, Carlos Dunlap was it was what it was. He 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 hasn't been the same guy over the last couple of years, and he didn't he didn't like it here anymore. He didn't produce it, you know. So we move on, you know. But these guys are hungry; they want to be here. That's where I think we are going to be able to get pressure on the quarterback and Hilton, cover from the corner. He's a huge blitzer off that off that corner. So we got guys coming from multiple areas. So. Go ahead, Jeremy. I know you want to say something. I keep cutting you off, but go ahead, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> oh no, you're 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 good, man. <laughs> you're fine. I was uh, I just wanted to let Lindsay know I have your back one hundred percent when you mentioned that Mike Brown cares about this team and cares more about winning than he does about being cheap. Or 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 be getting rich and none of that and I it, it it gets to me a lot um, when you go around all these Bengal groups that's all you see is Mike Brown's cheap he's the problem ever since 1968 I mean he it, it's his <laughs> fault and for you to say what you did um, I stand behind you completely I've said it on this show before. I'm sure I'll get killed. I'll have probably a hundred notifications tomorrow of, of being <laughs> well, an idiot. I'll put it to you this way. Steeler fans are worried about, about the Bengals because there's one on here right now. That's on our talking trash. And he's not the only one that's ever been on here. Steeler fans. I know you guys are worried. <laughs> I just want to let you know. I know you're worried. I'd be worried too. Cause jackpot Joe is going to kick your ass. Anyway, sorry, I had to get that off. He keeps going right. saying stuff. Like I said, it happens a lot on here too. And the thing is, when when we weren't any good, they never came on my show. Now we're getting good. Like, oh, you guys are doing this. Yeah, okay. Uh huh. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. Anyway, exactly. so where were we? I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, and, and the other thing, I was just going to ask you real quick, Lindsay, and then I'll let you and Jeff uh, go on. I don't know how much time you got. I, I, I don't want to take up too much of it. 
Um, but you know, we got 2025 coming, which is a very crucial year for either the Bengals to be in Cincinnati to revamp our stadium to everything. Um, how, how do you feel about that? How do you feel the city of Cincinnati feels, uh, and yourself, um, about that coming up and how do you think it, it will actually wind up in the end? I'm, I'm a pretty optimistic person. Um, and man, that's, that's what we like you. That's Amen. Thinking, that's thinking pretty far out. I, I think this is, we'll, we'll be here. Um, but I, I think at the same time, the comparison and connection there is, is when people do hammer Mike Brown or say, you know, he doesn't want to win. It's all about money. If, if that was the case, he would have sold the team a long time ago and right. just let this team leave the city of Cincinnati. And he, and he didn't want that to happen. Um, I, 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 Looking that far out, I I couldn't give you a concrete answer, but I I don't think that they're they're going anywhere. I think they'll be in Cincinnati. But look, anything could change in a couple of years. Um, but yeah, I, I look more on the optimistic side about that that they'll they'll still be here. Yeah, that's now, all I wanted to hear. Got a question here from Matt Turner, and this is what I'm I'm kind of curious about. Do you think the Bengals will sign Trey Turner? Because I do think that would be another upgrade. And for what I've heard, I've talked to uh to to Ace and Zim about this. I think he only wants about two million bucks, which I mean, two million bucks, I'd take it. But for a starting uh, guard in the NFL, that's not that bad. I, have you heard anything, or what's your thoughts on the Bengals signing Trey Turner? Excuse me. I've been feeling this way for just a couple of weeks, honestly, almost about a month. That I still feel, even after the draft, it was all going to be to determine what what they did, what position groups they went to. Obviously, they were going to go to the offensive line. I think it doesn't hurt to bring in more bodies. Um, you can look at the center position and the guard position. For me personally, I think Quentin Spain, Xavier Suofilo are fighting for that left guard spot, and I don't know if they're going to be the answer on week one. I don't think that's good enough, but I do know one thing: being able to have depth on the offensive line with obviously dealing with injuries last year on the line and, and having a guy who can plug in and start right away. I don't think that Quentin and Xavier are the long-term answers at all. And you could say the same thing about Riley Reef at right tackle, but bringing in another guard, bringing in other bodies for, for competing and, and, and having them work with Frank Pollock when it comes to skills and him putting the best five guys out there is extremely important. I think you can look at Trey Hopkins play last year and, and even Trey for his standards wasn't good enough. Right. And He's coming off of an injury, and then Billy Price is getting some reps right now. Those two, you couldn't say, are, are the answer on day one. But I do know that coaching matters. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I will give my guy, Lewis Riddick, all the credit in the world. He says the offensive line coach is one of the most important coaches in the room on an NFL squad. And I think having them work with Frank is going to be pretty incredible. And, and the more bodies, the more competition never hurt anybody. And he doesn't care. He doesn't care what they did. He doesn't care who, where they were drafted, where they come from, if they're coming off the street, first round pick, he's going to work with them and decide in August who he's putting out there for week one. And I think he'll have a big say in that too. Yeah. I, I, I uh, Oh, go ahead, Jerry. Sorry. No, no, you're good. I was agreeing well, with her. <laughs> I, I agree. But uh, so, um, I actually lost my train. I thought of what I was going to say. <laughs> I hate when I do that. Oh, but um, the well, offense. Okay, let's go with this. Uh, Trey Hopkins. Uh, it look to me, it's looking like he is probably not going to be ready by the beginning of the year. I know he says he's he's shooting for it, and mm -hmm. he hasn't had any major setbacks or anything. But he got his injury a lot later. It was like, well, I think it was the last game of the year. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that brings me to to the like I said, competition for center. You got if, if it's not Trey, it's going to be Billy Price or um, 
the kid from Georgia. Um, who do we, who do we, what's his name? Hill. We drafted? Hill. Yeah. I think it'd be one of those two might be your, your starting center. And I think Billy Price might benefit the most from Frank Pollock being back. He was the most fired up him and Joe Mixon. I think were two most fired up that Frank Pollock is back. And this year, Billy Price is fighting for his NFL career because they didn't pick up his fifth-year option, which I don't think is surprising to anybody. So I'm just wondering, do you think – is Billy Price too far gone? Do you think Frank Pollock can make that much of a difference to help him at least to be the – if he is starting center until Trey gets back? Or, or what, are we, what are your thoughts on that? I don't. I have talked to Duke Mannyweather, who is one of my favorites. Um, scout offensive line developer, worked with Rashawn Slater, Panay Sewell in, in the offseason to get them ready for the NFL draft. He works with a, college, a lot of college and NFL offensive linemen. Obviously, he's worked with Billy Price the last couple of years. And we've talked about that from Billy Price to Hakeem Adeniji, Fred Johnson, and, and Duke, whose opinion I value, straight up told me that the Bengals offensive line answers are still in their room. Not mm-hmm. to say that they're starters and they're ready to, to get going and be out there week one, but those guys are available and are going to be there for your depth pieces for future development on the offensive line as long as Frank Pollock is there. And I do. I think Billy Price benefits from that. Am I saying he's the, he's the correct answer to be center on day one? No, I wouldn't say that, but, I, but I'd also say that Trey Hopkins wasn't good enough last year either. And, and Trey is a great, great, great yeah. on and off the field. Right. But at the same time, you've, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you like the guy. Doesn't matter if he's a nice guy. Doesn't matter if right. you know maybe he had a good 2018 and, and 2019. No, none of that matters. And that's the best part about having Frank Pollock. And I think it's more of the skills and developmental, um, what he can teach these guys. That's going to be extremely important. And honestly, competition never hurt anybody. Um, exactly. Not the best, and and some guys. Yeah, I, that's the thing too. Is you know, I keep saying this: the most deep team that Zach and Lou have had. That's that create that's part of the competition part that I, I, I love the most about this is because before like uh, last year on the offensive line, there's there was that's what I never I keep going back to this. I never understood why they kept Turner because there wasn't any depth in the offensive line. They didn't address it. And for some reason that guy thought they could win with the offensive line that they had. I, I still boggles my mind to that. But like I said, there was no competition there, and competition breeds winning to me. If you're fighting for your job every single day. That translate, translates to Sundays, and that's what we have in multiple parts of this, this team. I mean, you say the tight end room is a little weak, but really maybe the linebacking core is a little weak, but there's not a lot of weak spots on this team right now. There's you know high draft picks behind the starter, behind the you know, second guy. I mean, it's, it's depth, and that, that's, that's a great thing that we have, and we haven't had, and we had that. When Marvin Lewis went to five straight playoffs, yes, he lost all of them, but that's we had a lot of depth on those teams. I think you look at you mentioned the tight end room, and yes. that's definitely a room that I that I thought about. Obviously, CJ Uzama is had a schedule ready to go. He's coming off Achilles injury, which is pretty incredible. When he was injured in September last year, the recovery rehab on that is it can be pretty lengthy. Um, and and he seems to be good to go and, and ready to go. I think you look at a guy like Drew Sample. I know it wasn't a popular pick when they when they were grabbed him a little early in the second round, but at the same time, he was someone who had stepped up last season. You look at those guys and the difference maker um, with some of the playmakers and, and guys who are stepping up for, for his offensive weapons are what Joe Burrow brings out in you. 
Mm-hmm. And you think of, I think my my example for this is you think of the 2015 Cincinnati Bengals and they had an incredible offensive line. Mm-hmm. And Andy Dalton, if he would have wouldn't have tried to make that tackle yeah, up. Yeah, just, just let him run. <laughs> they, he, who knows what that team would have right. done in the playoffs if they would have had the yep. one or two seed. The reason they were good, the reason that Andy Dalton was playing like an MVP, and I'm not trying to bash Andy because he's he was great for Cincinnati for yeah, a really no. long time, and, yeah. and people will remember the five playoff trips. Very true. They wanted to win, but at the same time, the reason he was having that year was because everybody else around him was playing great. Right. And you, Joe doesn't need that. No. Which <laughs> – Obviously, it's great to have depth and good right. starters and right. Mark Tasty, Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and all of those guys out there. It doesn't hurt to have that. But but Joe just makes the guys better on the field. And I think you can look at that in some areas where even in the running back room, obviously Joe Mixon, if he's healthy, he's your guy. He's your number one guy. You paid him for a reason. Uh, Brian Callahan said, you know, he didn't play enough. And now he's healthy. You get him out there, keep him on the field. And you got you got guys like Samaj P. Ryan. Put him out there. Travion Williams, just different guys who who they are bringing in the running back room who can step up, who can be the Gio Bernard and, and be a nice addition to the offensive room. So I, I think that that stuff matters. But I think that the biggest reason that some of these guys will succeed who you never thought would would catch a touchdown pass from Joe Burrow it's it's because of the quarterback and, right. and I think that's the biggest difference so let's get to, to real quick guys we're almost 6 30 I'll try to get you out of here um but the the tight end room what's your thoughts on Thaddeus Moss because I wanted them to draft him last year I wanted them to sign him and I wasn't the only one there's multiple people Bengals fans that wanted us to get him now this year we have him and I feel like I'm the only one like oh hey this could be really good people are like ah he's too slow. He's not big enough. He did. I like, yeah, but he did what he did with Joe Burrow at LSU in the SEC. And I'm not an SEC fan, but I do respect the crap out of it because they're, they're it's a really good conference. So that's where I'm like, I think we we could have something there. Well, I don't know what's your thoughts on that. The Bengals did want him last year. Uh, they were one of the teams that that were interested in having him, and obviously he was able to choose which team he wanted to go to after uh, going undrafted. And and he he you know they they wanted him because obviously that's an easy connection with Joe Burrow and one of his former playmakers to be determined on what he does in the NFL. Um, obviously, it just adds another depth piece to the tight end room. But look, like I just mentioned before, Joe brings out the best in these guys, right. and even Stephen Carter at times. Obviously, when he was on the team, and it was more. Right. Teams guy, but they'd put Stephen Carter out there sometimes and, and throw a pass to him, and, and Joe would just surprise you and, and just really make anybody if, if they catch the football. Um, you could see that early on with, with Mike Thomas. Obviously, that was a little bit of a decline later, but uh, just the wide receiver room alone. If T Higgins, I will say this, and it's something because we've, we've talked so much about Jamar Chase in the wide receiver room and even Tyler Boyd, the chemistry, the connection. I think the Tennessee game really stands out when Tyler Boyd caught the pass and he wasn't even looking. Um, and that was a connection. That was a right. chemistry. That was two good football players understanding how each other works. That's but T right. Higgins, I think that's one of the most underlooked, like things that we didn't even pay attention. We don't talk enough about if T Higgins would have had Joe Burrow for a full season and if T Higgins would have played in the beginning of the season. I know it was a little late, not didn't play in week one. I'm, I'm going back, losing my memory if, if he was out there in week one, but at the moment, I don't think he was out there as much. I don't, I don't I, think he was. Uh, I, no, again, I don't remember. I'm, I'm losing my, and I apologize. I, 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 I just remember, remember Fat Randy oh. missing, missing the kick. Yeah. That's what I remember. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. oh. And then the AJ Green touchdown that should have been a touchdown. It wasn't. Which, um, that, that's not pass interference. They, they, oh my God, they shouldn't have called that. 
It's AJ Green. How the hell are you going to call that? Sorry, you bring up bad but, memories to me. <laughs> but no, yeah, no, I think that game, and there's an example why you need right. another Pearson to be your kicker right now. Right. But I, um, at the end of the day, I think that you you got a guy like T. Higgins, that chemistry that they were starting to build out there, and, and both of them, what could have been in their rookie years. And I think that True. confidence only going to build. I think Jamar Chase, uh, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd all will bring out the best in each other, and they're all different. You, you can put Jamar Chase anywhere on the field, and obviously they get a little bit of speed, and 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 they're number one guy. Even though it wasn't, it wasn't ever about having a number one receiver because Joe will make you yeah. make you good. Well, he had that that same connection with, with we call him Uzama. Zama. I mean, when, when Uzama played, him and Joe were, were right there. So it wasn't for very many games, but that's where. Uh, Me and Jeremy cool. are, are, are like, if if Uzama comes back healthy, I, I, he's our number one tight end. I mean, now we'll see how he's come back from Achilles. So that's kind of hard to, you know, mm-hmm. totally re- tell how he's going to recover. But if he's healthy, I think that's a good connection. He's already got a good connection with Thad. So I think our tight ends are going to be okay. Not great, but okay. But we don't need them to be great. Yeah. And that's yeah. the thing. is like, We have three great wide receivers, a great running back. So we got a lot of weapons. So anyway, it's almost 6.30. You've given me almost an hour. I appreciate it. I'll be standing here talking to you off the entire time. But let everybody know where they can follow you. I know you have a podcast, and I know you're ready for the Inquirer. So just give a shout out to everybody. Yeah, where you can find me over at the Inquirer. We do the Bengals Beat podcast, and um, we'll have all your stuff over on Twitter, Ellen Diaz Patterson. And we are already going to the big board of all the fun projects that we're planning on doing for the 2021 season. And I really can't wait to get to work on it. So follow along. Uh, thanks for having me. You guys keep killing it. Like I mentioned, it's really cool to see a lot of Bengals fans doing podcasts, videos, shows. Keep it up. Um, anybody can do it. Anybody can do these interviews. Anybody can have players on and talk to them any day of the week if they want to. And I think it's awesome. So I'm trying to get players on. You, you can, you can tell, tell Bengals players to come on my show. I, I've tweeted and, out all of them. Yeah. And a quick question, you know, it, it, I, I kind of like to know everybody's favorite Bengal all time. I would say that um, obviously a former Bengal, and it's just that the easy connection is is, is Corey Dillon. I going to seeing him and yep. really making me love football. That guy is awesome. I had him on uh, Beyond the Stripes a couple years ago when he was in town, and he was unbelievable of how much things have changed. Obviously, everybody knows kind of how it ended in Cincinnati, and it wasn't so good, but he went and won a Super Bowl ring, and uh, yeah. he's grateful for his time in Cincy when he was exactly. here. That's exactly. awesome. All right, Linda, again, I appreciate it. Make sure you guys follow her on Twitter. She's a great follow and check out their podcast. And other than that, who day? Thanks, guys. Who day? Yeah. Well, that was cool. I hope everybody enjoyed it as much as I did. And I do think it's I funny. I, huh? You I didn't? Said I did. Oh, well, I do think it's funny that we have a, a couple of Steelers, Squeers fans in here blowing the chat up. Yeah. And you know what that means? It means you're scared. It means you're scared. You're- yeah, <laughs> jump on, or y'all, y'all need to figure out something because I'm just telling you, you come up, you come up messing in our territory, you know, I, you, hey, you end up orange and black if you I know think, what I mean. I think it's funny because the funny thing is the Steelers are gonna be the worst team in the division. <laughs> They're gonna yeah. be in last place. I mean, so, what, you know. what they, they got a duck. Uh, what's that guy, uh, Daffy Duck? Is that who <laughs> their quarterback this so, year? That, that that'll be the quarterback after. Uh, uh, Ben breaks his arm for the uh, for the fifteenth time. <laughs> oh, that's right. First game, probably. You're exactly. right. Exactly. You're right. But, but Steelers fan, honestly, I, I appreciate you coming on. Hey, you guys will come on talk tra- talk trash. That's cool with me. I don't care. Doesn't bother me a bit. That's what I do this for. It's fun. You come on and we can talk and come join us during the football season. 
we'll see what happens. But it's all love. I hope we kick your ass. <laughs> Me too. So, well, all right, we'll get to love. the Facebook groups that let us live stream, and I appreciate every single one of them. They are Hootay Nation, Cincinnati Reds. It's a great Bengals group. Make sure you join that group if you're a Bengals fan. Cincinnati Reds, riding third, heading for home. Another great Reds group. Um, hopefully the Reds will win tonight. Again, they don't play till like 840. We can get two in a row and hopefully get above 500. That would be wonderful. Bearcat country for all my University of Cincinnati Bearcat fans. Check that group out for the bucknut of the show, which is that guy right there, Jeremy D. Go check out the Ohio State Bucknuts group for all your Ohio State and Buckeye news. And then you got the ice bar. It's a little show page that we do. Virtual bar. Come hang out. Bell up to the bar, talk sports, talk smack. Steelers fans, just like you did on the show, you can come here and talk smack. It's fine. Don't bother me. Most most uh, most of us are we get along with you. We'll be all right. Yeah. And then you can follow me on all my social media platforms, all under sports with strawberry ice. On Facebook, I have 1,062 likes. I have 1,160 followers. I'm on Twitter, also on under sports strawberry ice. The uh, at is Jeff A. Trenopole. It's T-R-E-N-N-E-P-O-H-L. Um, I have only 547 followers on there. In- Instagram, Sports Strawberries, 90 followers. TikTok, I have 227 followers. You can follow that at the Iceman 90 I'll be pulling off the sound later on tonight. And so if you missed any of the show, you don't want to sit and watch us for an hour, you want to listen to it, it'll be on the podcast on BeanPod, uh, iTunes, Spotify, Pretty much wherever you get your podcast, make sure you download it. Give me a five-star review and rate, like, and review. YouTubers, my people, my originals, we are at 1,107 subscribers. That is awesome. Let's keep it rolling. Let's try to get to 2,000. Let's try to get to 10,000. Let's try to get to 100,000. Try to get as many subscribers as we can to tell everybody how great the city of Cincinnati and our teams are. All right, I think I'm done, Jerry. Yeah, where, where, where can they follow you at on your uh, your, your, your uh, Twitter handle? You guys can find me on Twitter at JeremyD84. If you need to send me something, it's at D84Jeremy. So very simple. You can find me on there. You'll see the picture. Pricey Jeff. You'll sit co-host of... Jeff's show and how much Jeff is my brother and all this crap. Oh, I love you, man. Oh, that I, I really just say just to make him feel I, good. I, but, honestly, people behind, behind the scenes, I don't even like that guy. I really I mean, don't. He, yeah. Whatever. I, I don't know if anybody's seen Caddyshack, but um, <laughs> they hated each other. Okay. Like uh, Bill Murray, Dan Murray, Aykroyd. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's us. That's, That's us. Us wait, the Bengals. Wait, so. wait. So which which one am I? Am I the smart guy or the stupid guy? Never mind. Don't answer that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, guys. Let's get the hell out of here. Other than that. Everybody, all together now. As always, remember one thing and one thing only. And that is. You don't live in Cleveland or Pittsburgh. You live in Cincinnati. So act like it. Keep checking out the show. And like I said, and Jeff said it a hundred times, if each of you would all just send one person to Sports with Strawberry Eyes on YouTube, we would be blowing up, baby. So let's go. Let's go. Who day? Let's go, Reds. Let's go, Bearcats. Steelers fans. We're coming for you.
Watch out, orange and black, baby, we're coming. And other than that, that's just sports, baby. See ya!